they were doing a lot of community outreach. They were doing things to move the needle for our people and not just, you know, black people, but for people in general. And so, you know, seeing people who are selfless, who really do all that they can to be a voice for those who don't have one. I think those are the kind of people for me that are the most inspirational. October is Black History Month in the UK. And on this podcast, we wanted to find a way that felt authentic to the show to help celebrate and draw attention to that fact. I reached out to Dr. Crystal Johnson, someone we've spoken to before, but an inspirational figure leading on innovation at the Goddard Space Flight Center at NASA. So we asked Crystal what Black History Month means to her. And of course, in America, that's African American History Month in February. Who inspires her? and what she would say to the next generation of emerging black leaders. And then to help us have that conversation, joining myself and Akish is Kenya, one of our colleagues from the States. This is Tech Talks, your weekly technology podcast powered by Nash Squared, hosted by myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across our industry. Welcome to today's episode, joining myself and Akish. Uh, We've got Kenya from the US. How are you this morning? I'm good. How about yourself? Well, I'm saying you're good. Thank you. I was saying this morning, looking at the time, it's 11 minutes past five in the UK. So Akish is probably not very happy that this is on a Friday. But uh, <laughs> um, depending on which state, I guess it might actually be afternoon for you. Where, whereabouts are you? Actually, I reside in Georgia, so it's about a little bit afternoon for me. So there we go. Yeah, a couple more hours to go. So good afternoon then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Keith? I'm very well, yeah, and it's uh, it's well into my Friday evening, or well, the start of my Friday evening, actually. Um, you, just, you just love the podcast. I, I just love the podcast, and also, I think this is the latest we've ever recorded, or, you know, um, one of the latest times we've ever recorded, so I have uh, <laughs> I have had a, a an espresso before this, so I am in high energy spirits. Excellent. Hello, Keisha, I have tea. There we go, there we go. <laughs> Oh. she's very british she is yeah <laughs> she, she's on a podcast with two brits so she's that's her way of mixing it you know out out britishing us <laughs> yes um well look uh we should explain very quickly kenya you've been at the group at nash squared uh or harvey nash rather for 17 years did you say going up may will make 17 years yes you're part of our uh ethnicity erg as well and do you just want to very quickly explain what you've what you've done what you've written about what you've posted as uh, and kind of the work that you've done through through being part of our ERG I would say that um we did uh, we did a write up african we did a write up um prior i spoke about george floyd um i gave my insight of my personal opinions and how we looked at things um here in the states regarding that um, I gave insight basically on just me being a mother of a, of a son as well. And um, just more so how we can um, move forward as a community in that area. And um, just, I think, also giving more insight on how um, African-Americans looked at the situation and to get a feel of how we felt um personally about it and how it affected us and um, affected our community and also just how we can collectively move forward together to um, to get a better insight of um, one another in that aspect. 
look, we, we're really very grateful that you've given up some time to join us on the podcast. Uh, myself and Nikish can be somewhat flippant sometimes, and, and this is a pod. We want it to be entertaining as much as it's informative. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is currently, and I'll get all this lexicon right, because obviously we've got listeners on both sides of the Atlantic. 25th of October, this is going out. It is currently Black History Month in the UK. I'm aware that African American History Month is February in the US. Correct. Um, but to celebrate Black History Month here in the UK, uh, we have interviewed Dr. Crystal Johnson from NASA. So look, it's, it's really wonderful that you've taken the time to join us today. And thank you for, for, for giving up some time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And of course, Akish, I mean, um, you actually have dual roles within the company. You are our DE and I Co, co co lead on on our council so yeah yeah so I, i'm the co-chair of our um dni council and i guess um you know people on the on on this pod or whoever's listening right now uh, you know you've only had maybe a minute or two of, of hearing kenya speak right but um she's been amazing for us um as a group and as an organization to uh enlighten us open up our eyes to um you know, kind of being a much more diverse and a much more inclusive organization, but also, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm going to use the, uh, th- there is an open letter that's actually available on our Nashquared website if you go on there. And, and that's all about kind of where we as a group stand against discrimination. Um, can you actually help construct that um, as well? So, you know, she, her aside all all of our employee resource groups are, are doing great jobs here to have a much more inclusive and diverse workforce and it's just great to work for a group and work for an organization that celebrates that promotes it and educates others so yeah um lead you into the uh into the interview and our guests um, Abs- absolutely yeah. absolutely look and and we're just being we're taking some context for everyone here because we wanted to do something around Black History Month on the podcast. Um, we wanted to do something around Black History Month as an organisation, utilising our ERG and making sure that we were um, giving as much insight as we could to our own organisation. And as a technology podcast, we're better to go than Dr. Crystal Johnson, one of the senior um, leaders within NASA. Doesn't get much cooler, to be perfectly honest, um, talking about her experiences. So we'll hand over to the interview and then we'll come back and have some thoughts on it afterwards. So I'm very lucky to be joined, uh, especially lucky, actually, as, it, as you're on annual leave at the moment. <laughs> so thank you for doing this now. But I'm very lucky to be joined by Dr. Crystal Johnson uh, from the Goddard Space Flight Center at NASA. How are you? I am great. Doing really well. How are you? Good. It's always lovely to, to be able to speak to you. It was lovely to see you earlier this year in Paris. Um, Absolutely. And now, what, three years, I think, since we first interviewed you or two years. It was during the pandemic anyway. That that time yeah. seems to merge. Uh, so, it's yeah, thank you again for giving up some time and, and welcome back to our platform. Um, how are you? I am doing wonderfully, I tell you. It's just been an exciting time for us. Uh, so much going on with Artemis, trying to get that first flight, you know, first test flight launched. Hopefully we'll be able to get that thing up in the air November 14th. Mm-hmm. So just really exciting times as we plan for the future. And we got the best place to work in the federal government again. So <laughs> 10 years for NASA in a row, just a, a really cool place to be. I think, I can't imagine how anybody ever beats you. I'll be perfectly honest. Like the field that you work in, it's it's so interesting and, and exciting. I mean, funnily enough, I was watching a documentary on, on SpaceX and Elon Musk last night and obviously yeah. the collaboration between SpaceX and, and, and NASA, but you can't help but sit 
and be awestruck by the work that people in that field, generally speaking, do. Yeah. Well, it's it's more than the work. It is the environment in which we work. Mm. And so if we were not focused on innovation and getting, you know, diverse minds to the table and, you know, finding ways to make sure that everyone is included, then the individuals would tell you in a heartbeat, this is not a great place for me. You know, when people have a, a very quick turnover because they're not happy in their environment, even if the work is exciting, then you still you still don't go anywhere. So yeah. it's just great that NASA takes all of the different elements, considers all of the people, is really, really adamant about including everyone. And that's why it works so well. And look, inclusion is is the principal reason why we wanted to talk to you at the moment. Um, because whilst February is Black History Month in the US, October is Black History Month in the UK. Uh-huh. Uh, and you are... I, I hesitate to say the most senior, but at least one of the most senior black leaders, black female leaders in, in your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about Black History Month. And I suppose the most, the most obvious place to start is what does Black History Month mean to you? I think it's just really a time for people to acknowledge um, what the African-American community brings to, well, I say African-American for us in the United States, but what the black community actually contributes over time. I mean, so many people are focused, you know, pretty myopically narrow focused on what they're doing. And um, there's so much bad media, I will say when it comes to black people, you know, and, and, and so many people have these, these preconceived notions on the inside, they have prejudices, they have, you know, biases that sometimes they're not even aware of. And so, you know, taking just a moment to kind of take a step back from that and highlight some of the positive things that Black people are doing and highlight some amazing people and their contributions to society, I think is a great thing. It's interesting that you talk there about contributions to society. I mean, are there particular leaders from your community that either either past or present that you look to that give you inspiration and kind of help you take the positives and, and drive forward as an individual? Oh my goodness, there are so many. But, um, but, you know, just recently, President Obama and the First Lady Michelle Obama are amazing examples of people who, you know, have, have you know, put their head down, the, you know, really forced the grindstone they are just doing amazing things. They've worked really hard and really done great things for society. So before, before either of them got into politics, they were doing a lot of community outreach. They were doing things to move the needle for our people and not just you know, black people, but for people in general. And so you know, seeing people who are selfless, who really do all that they can to be a voice for those who don't have one, I think those are the kind of people for me that are the most inspirational. And, and I just love that. Of course, my father and my mother are two of the people that are very, very you know, inspirational for me because they've always told me, whatever you can conceive in your mind, you can achieve. And, and you have to remember if it's to be, it's up to me. So I have to make it so. 2008 certainly felt like a, a, a momentous moment. And I, I can only imagine if you, are, if you are firstly American and yes. then if you are secondly black, how that yes. must have felt. I mean, yeah. it, as, as, a, as a white person from the UK, that felt like a watershed moment. Yes. But, but what do you feel still needs to be done to ensure that 
young black people, black leaders have the same access um, to opportunity as their counterparts moving forward to make sure that that's not just a singular event, but something that can happen again? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that we can do is educate. I mean, and and get people to a place where they are, they have internal confidence in themselves. They have internal self-worth because like I said, I mean, the media, most of the time when you look at the media and you see black people, unless it's like, you know, someone speaking on a show or something like that, it's a lot of negativity. And so when, when a young black child sees that as their image or they're looking to the, the, the people that they're aspiring to become and it's a you know athlete or it's a musician you know that that really does something because not very many people get to be at the top of the class as an athlete not very many people get to be you know a, a really really famous you know musician and so or or any kind of the arts and so for 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 people to really for our young kids to know that they have that self-worth it really is a matter of getting those kids very, very young and really educating them and filling them with the, the tools that they need to motivate themselves. And so it is not it is not an easy thing to do. And it is something that has to be um, approached stepwise um, and it has to be pretty broad. It's, it's going to take a, a village. It really is going to take a village to, to make sure that our youth are on the track for the future, the right track for the future. On the, in that vein, then, what what message, what advice would you have for younger members of that community who are who are looking to make an impact, but I suppose might feel sometimes that they're they're fighting um, against privilege and that that it might be hard for them. I would say that no one can tell you what you can do and what you can't do. No one can tell you what's possible for you and what's impossible for you. No one can realize your dreams except for you. You have to determine what those dreams are and only you can make them happen. And no one can stop you from achieving your dreams, but you. So that is the message that I would have for our youth. You mentioned towards the beginning of this conversation that your organization does as much as it can to be inclusive of all people. Yes. What would you say to leaders from all backgrounds listening to, to, to help them understand how their organization can celebrate all people throughout the year? What steps can they take to realize that? Wow. So we have, it's a multifaceted approach that NASA takes. So we have these ERGs, Employee Resource Groups, and therefore, some of every kind of community that we have within NASA. We have an African-American, we have a women's advisory group, we have a, a um, um, LGBT, we have uh, Asian Pacific Islanders, we have, um, I mean, they're like 10 or 15 <laughs> different ERGs, and, and it's for just every community. And we do have uh, biannual meetings with those ERGs so that we can actually hear from them and get their, their, well, hear what they've been doing for the year to support their communities, and then listen to them when they say, we've come up with an idea that we'd like your help with. And so we participate in those kinds of things fully. But not only that, when we are you know, looking at hiring for different positions, we are ensuring that the selection panel is a diverse panel. 
So you don't have just, you know, one set of people looking at each candidate because everyone has a different set of lenses that they're looking through. And, you know, one resume looked at, viewed by multiple people will be viewed in, in multiple ways. And so it's very important to bring a diverse group of people together to review those resumes and to do the interviews because everybody's life experiences are very different. We also want to make sure that we're giving everyone equal opportunity to be put in those positions that are very visible and that set you up for higher promotions within the organization. So we are watching that. We're monitoring that. We're having conversations with our leadership team all the way from the directorate level down to the division level, down to the branch levels, so that we can we can ensure that these people are not just submitting the same names over and over again and, and people who look the same over and over again. We want to make sure that they're giving all of their employees similar opportunities. And so it, it starts at the very top and the person at the very top has to be awake. You know, they have to be one of those people who are awake and know about this, know what to look for and know how to inspire their people beneath them to understand that the diversity that these people bring to the table makes it a beautiful you know, combination for you to innovate and for you to be at the leading edge of your market and your, your, your clientele, you know, doing what you can to, to improve opportunities for everybody. Well, you, there, you, you highlight the need for representation. You talk rightly about the fact that everyone brings a slightly different lens uh, yeah. to a decision-making process. Yeah. Less than 12% of technology leaders are black. Mm-hmm. So that in itself, it's a smaller pool to try and make sure that, that the right lens is, is looked through. Mm-hmm. As someone who is in that 12%, how does that figure resonate? And what do you think can be done to make sure that there are more people like you around the board table and, and making presence felt? Yeah, so if, if we're talking about within my organization, I'm working on that. But if we're talking about more broadly, because you're talking 12% yeah. across the whole field, that is a real, real, real challenge. And so for me, it's a matter of getting outside the doors of NASA and interacting with people like you, who, I mean, you and I have a connection here. And for you to be able to interview me in this kind of thing is because of me getting out and interacting with you at a women in tech conference, you know? And so for me, it's, a, it's really a matter of getting out and, and giving people exposure to a very dynamic very powerful, very smart and intelligent black woman who's moving and shaking in her field. And so when you don't see people who are doing those things, it doesn't come to your mind for you to invite them to do things. I have to say, one of the things that I loved that you did at that conference as well was bring your son. Yes. Who then, who was an amazing person in himself, but sat around a table full of leaders in technology being able to soak up their experiences. Absolutely. Exposure is everything. If I um, if I think back to that first meeting and, and the subsequent conversations, I know that that your job is to take something fantastical, like how do we live on Mars? Yes, and try and work out well what are the steps? How do we do that? Right. If we take that same kind of thinking, if you were to to kind of think fifteen, twenty, thirty years into the future to a period where there is greater representation, there is greater inclusion, what changes do you think you would need to put in place to 
in an ideal world? Because I know that this is something that people are obviously trying to do now, but what steps do you think get us to that future where it's the norm to have inclusive, representative and and black uh, boardrooms where where we truly represent society? Wow. Well, I think for those people that are very, very senior, it's very, very difficult to change their way of thinking. And so, so many of the most senior boardroom members look like you. And, and now more of the senior boardroom members look like you and maybe your mother or your sister. Um, and so some of us are starting to get into those boardrooms, but the way that you're really going to affect a change, I mean, we can certainly, you know, recommend people to boards. I mean, because there are tons of other black women and black men that are very capable of sitting on those boards and contributing significantly to them. But most people go to those people that they are familiar with and people that they're comfortable with. And if they're not accustomed to being around people who look different from them or have different life experiences, that's not naturally who they're drawn to. So it takes someone to make a recommendation and for them to, in their minds, get to a place where they're comfortable with accepting that recommendation. If we really want to make a change, we've got to get to the youth and we've got to get to the youth now. And so many of them we are losing to technical fields um, just because they don't feel like they can do it. And so programs focused at the young kids and getting them motivated and encouraged to be able to approach and to thrive in STEM related activities is where it starts. Because if you don't have people that are going into those fields, you won't have very many to choose from, to be honest with you. And so I have, I'm creating my own programs to be able to reach out to our young people, African-American girls that have given up on themselves and their ability to be able to do STEM. And so I have a STEM girls night in program. And of course, when you treat the, the women separately, you have to do the same for the men. So we have a boys STEM night in, you know, as well, where it's a 24 hour kind of activity. They come in at the, in the afternoon of one particular day. They have, they, it's a sleepover. So they have to be 16 years old. And um, we do activities the whole time. And, you know, like a competition where you have to drop an egg from the second floor in a carrier. It has to land on the second floor without the egg breaking. And then the carrier has to deploy on wheels. It has to roll out of the carrier that you you know created. So I pair my high school girls with a college age girl so that she can have a near to peer mentor. And then I pair that pair with a NASA woman. And so that there's a, 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 a team of three and, and each of the mentors is responsible for really engaging the, the mentees um, of that, that whole 24 hour period. And so then the women can follow up with the young girls, help them with some of the difficult decisions that have to be made. They can open doors for them, et cetera, et cetera. And by the end of the 24 hour period, I even connected with Michelle Obama's girls and she has a let girls learn program in Africa. And so my girls connected with her girls and they got a chance to talk to see that the world is much smaller than they think. And the problems that the young girls there have are very similar to the problems that they have, the challenges that they have. And so just kind of giving them exposure and, and letting them interact with the women engineers at NASA and see that that 24 hour period was so much fun for them and they were doing STEM work the entire time. Then it changes their perspective. And they're like, I really can do this. And it really is fun. It's not Geekville, Geekville for me, it's, it's fun. 
And then they actually leave there with, with two people that they can turn to because many of them don't have a support system at home that will support them going into a STEM kind of um, field. And so it's a that's only one of many programs that I have um, that's targeted at really motivating our youth. Crystal, I want to thank you for your time. It's always it's always kind of life affirming talking to you when you're kind of, <laughs> kind of <laughs> describing programs like that that can't help but give people plenty of hope. So look, it's it's truly inspiring. Thank you for your time. Thank you for giving up some time on a day off. Oh no and worries. Go and enjoy yourself. <laughs> thank you so much, David. It's always a pleasure. Right. Typically at this point, I kind of lead a case into, hey, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? On this occasion, I'm going to shut up. And Kenya, I'm just going to come to you and and get you to reflect upon what you heard from Crystal. So I I thought it was really cool to hear um, uh, an African woman of that um, of that stroke, you know, of that magnitude um, that I had. I had no idea, you know, um, from NASA. You know, and just to hear her speak on um, how she's um, she brought her, her, you know, including her son into this, and also like the the diversity the diversity that she's trying and she's pushing in NASA as well. You know, from all different levels, um, from entry level up into the the highest level in that company, and um, it was just to. You know, just good to hear um, that we have those type of people um, in those platforms now, you know, and just to hear how she's given given back to her um, her community. And I I think one thing that really stood out for me um, when she was speaking and um, I'm I'm all for it when she, you know, her stating that starting with the youth and um, how important that is. And, you know, even with um, with um, the girls, you know, and a lot of girls that's not even into um, IT work, you know. Um, I do think it's important to let um, Black African youth understand that this is, um, it's normal to, to, to think big, you know, to not just see athletes um, and uh, rappers and things of that nature um, making it big. You know, it's more, it's important that we are um, structured to see that it, it that it's okay to see and it's normal to see you astronauts. It's normal to have um, Black African Americans working for NASA. It's, it's normal for us to look to, you know, to be, look at, to be presidents and things of that nature. But I also believe it starts in the community. You know, um, it starts with the, um, the council people, but it, you know, like it starts, of course it starts at home, but it also starts for them to be able to see that in their community and to push them to, to excel. You know, um, I think that's important you know, and it starts there so they can um, be confident within themselves, you know, to, to move forward. Keisha, I'm guessing that there are parallels here with the British Asian community, right? Yeah. Because if I look at society, you see British Asians on television in acting, in 
to a limited degree music, but certainly in comedy, and then to a degree in sports, although traditionally sports that those communities excel in. Mm-hmm. I guess for you, it's a similar thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you never know, this time next week, maybe we have a first ever British Asian prime minister. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, Dr. Crystal kind of alluded to it, you know, in 2008 when Barack Obama got, um, you know, kind of, um, elected and, and was made the president, like that was, I think you said it, it was a huge watershed moment. And for people that were not black Americans and just looking from the outside and didn't have a vote or anything like that, even we felt part of the journey, right? And it was like... Oh, I, st- I stayed up all night watching yeah, that, fully, yeah, exactly. fully conscious that that was a massive moment. Yeah, exactly. Kind of globally. I think I think it's the first time I've ever watched CNN for so long, um, just because I knew it was like I knew it was going to come on, come on there first before it came on BBC. Um, yeah. Anyway, feel but, like I know um, Wolf. Feel like I know yeah, Wolf. Yeah, like CNN's crazy, man. But, um, but anyway, so so basically, like I think for the British Asian community, yeah, it, it's massive, right? And we are we're at a place now. I I, I would still say in large parts and. If you look at like technology leadership, if you, even if you just look at like you know um, leaders of global businesses and you know on the FTSE, for example, there's still a long way. Uh, but I, I think where where we have had a lot of successes, you know, we we've um, diversified into various parts of society, right? And um, if you go back into the 50s and 60s, and if I talk to my family members that migrated over from Pakistan, that's where my heritage is, um, to to the UK, you know, they were just restricted on jobs that they could do and businesses that they could have and these sorts of things. Whereas now, you know, a, a British Asian kid can have the opportunity to go and um, do his degree in a, a Cambridge or an Oxford University. They can run to be a prime minister. They can um you know become uh you know kind of political figures sports figures that sort of thing so uh, have we cracked it absolutely not but there's a lot of work to be done but i think with people um if i was to kind of draw you know comparison then i think people like crystal will definitely help fly the flag for you know i don't want to call them minority communities because there's so many of us but you know i want to you know for for the communities that are you know, not the indigenous population, so to speak. So, yeah. Minority in as much as in in the workspace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Kenny, I, I was I was fascinated. My reaction, I didn't know really how to react to the idea around this this thing of it's important to feel familiar and comfortable. That yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but when she's talking about you know people like me, and I think I think there is a particular stat actually about people called Dave, funnily enough, in the boardroom who happen to be white. And middle-aged, not middle-aged, but, okay. um, but not feeling comfortable, not naturally feeling comfortable with um, people from the black, black community possibly being in that forum. And I thought that's really weird. Like, right. first of all, I would hope that's not me. But secondly, why should it be about changing my attitude? Surely it's important that young black people coming up through the organisation are made to feel comfortable and welcome. I just, I found that odd that it was that it was almost, we need to be sympathetic to the view of the white person. Surely that's that's not right. Surely it's that, that we should be, be doing everything that we can to make people from from the black community or, or from the Asian community feel more comfortable in that setting. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you on, on 
on that aspect. I think it's because um, for so many years, you you seldomly see that, you know? And um, again, I think it's just more of making it uh, more of, of a normalcy, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you, you know, like, so those thoughts don't come in your mind, you know, when, when you see um, all different colors and um, people at one table, you know, like now I, I um, that's what we're, we're, we're trying to make normal now. Like, you know, like Akish said, we, we um, have a long way to go, but um, we also, I feel came a long way, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that's how I look at it. Yeah, we do have a long way to go, but we also did come a long way, you know, because if I sit back and again, like my grandparents, my mother, um, my great grandparents, just to hear some of their stories, it's just like, wow, you would think that um, that was like Stone Age. But in all reality, um, that was what, maybe 30 years ago? You know, that's not a long time. You know, just looking at to where we are now, we, we've came a long way, but we still have a, a long way to go. And, and I think when it comes to talking about you know and and to be topical and kind of the reason why we wanted um you know this sort of messaging i guess dave to go on the pod and, and celebrating black history month right it's not mm. it's not something i don't think that us as a group or an organization or or people within our group should feel that you know in the uk and, and parts of europe we do it in october and then in the us we do it in february and then that that's it right we we just we talk about you know black leaders we talk about you know communities education we talk about um the kind of uh, you know the bringing up of 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 various people and the diversity that we should be seeing we shouldn't just talk about it for two months out of 12 right and and that needs mm -hmm. to be ingrained in our business and i think a point that um you know they, they made on the interview and what she made on the interview is around you know she, she said something along the lines of if it's in, in, in NASA, she's flying that flag massively, right? And she is promoting it, whether it's the, you know, she talked about the employee resource group that they have there. Um, and, 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 you know, they're doing a whole range of things. But she said, look, when, when it's outside of NASA and outside of her sort of jurisdiction, then obviously that relies on the education piece to be there massively. So I think, um, I, I think it works kind of hand in hand with organizations and education, but then also just going on Kenya and Crystal's point, it all starts from when you're young, right? Um, and then again, later on, obviously, we heard about the the, the STEM programs and, and kind of, you know, those kind of subjects and skills. We've had this age old argument on here, right? Um, about females in technology, for example, you know, um, if we're not kind of educating our kind of young girls in school in secondary school we're not showing them that you know these kind of subjects and these topics are cool and what you can do later on in life then that's obviously what happens right you you have a mm. you have a lack of diversity in your boardroom whether it's skin color race you know um ethnicity gender and 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 then organizations you know no wonder then organizations sit there and scratch their heads thinking why aren't why aren't we coming up with new ideas why aren't we coming up with new things because you're not bringing new people I, I loved the near to peer idea yeah. yeah yeah having having school then college then work and that link of ah 
relatable, relatable, relatable on each step. Mm. Not only does that make the next step <sighs> seem achievable, I think, especially when, especially when you're from a different, uh, different ethic kind of, um, you know, group, right? And and Kenny, I don't know if you can relate to this in 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 the states, but sometimes being an Asian person um you know there are times when i've walked into places and i feel oh is that table at you know is that seat at the head of the table actually achievable for someone like me right and right, it's an awkward feeling you yeah. know like inside yeah, yeah yeah and 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 you know sometimes you think well you know it's all well and good that i'm allowed a seat at the table and i'm allowed a plate at the table so to speak but am i going to be the one who sat at the head of the table can is that achievable for someone like yeah. me, right? And right. the fact that with this kind of the the near peer sort of grouping, it just it almost it, it's almost bringing the I guess the step or that parity a lot closer um, by you know sort of introducing and, and and kind of partnering up with people at different stages. So then you do feel like actually if she's doing it or he's doing it, I can do it and you're then given the sort of tools and mentoring and leadership. So yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, massive. It's great. It's something that we should definitely at some point try looking into, but yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And again, I don't mean to go back, you know, what I was saying, but I think that's also with me saying how it, it starts from, um, it, it starts from um, the lower, the lower level. It starts in your community. It starts from, you know, the, the interactions you have um, as a younger kid, you know, that confident level, you know, um, that's something that has to build up inside of you. You know, like when you walk in into a room, it really, okay, I mean, as a, as a, young, a young girl, I went to, um, I lived in a community where it was very um, diversified. So again, at that time, I think it was maybe one or two other black kids in, in, in my middle school, you know? So again, when I'm walking in a room, I have to walk with confidence, you know? But again, that's something that has to be instilled at a young age. So when you're walking into a platform like that, that you don't feel like you don't belong, you know? So starting young, I believe it, it can take you a, long, a longer way. It's a little harder when you're older and you have to build up that confidence level in you, you know? Mm -hmm. So you those questions you you still may have, but it's still in your mind. Like yeah, you know, again, Crystal, I seen she did it. I know that I can do it. You know, type type of thing. But I still just believe that it starts at a at a younger age, and just to see that it's normal for for us to to be in those rooms. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. And and you know, if she's, for example, she's you know, at that level within the technology field, then a young black girl who's in high school in America right now could listen to her story, look at her and go, well, actually, I can do that, right? Like, I can help. I mean, she mentioned um, Artemis at the start, right? They're trying to get that flight going. There, there, there will be young black girls who will be listening or, you know, if they come across it and listen to it, they think I could be in charge with, you know, putting stuff in space you know and, right. and and that that's that push internally that you get and you go actually to hell with everything else right i right. can do it right and i can achieve right. it so um yeah 
It's great. Well, it's interesting listening to you, Kenya, because kind of what you're describing is you have that you have that confidence in youth, and perhaps right. society unfortunately wears away at that to a degree. And when Crystal therefore says, you know, it's about giving self worth to the youngsters, right. filling them with the tools to motivate themselves, right. kind of brings it to life that you need the framework, the tools to hang on to that motivation, to hang on to that confidence so that it doesn't erode. Absolutely. 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 I absolutely agree with you. You hit it on now. <laughs> well, look, I, I really appreciate both of you giving up time and, uh, and talking about this. Obviously we are celebrating black history month. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's wonderful to, to welcome a new voice onto the podcast. So Kenya, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Akish, you can you can have your coffee and then go have your weekend. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, and yeah, thank you, Kenya, again, um, from me as well, and um, our lovely guests. So yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We'll be back next week. <laughs>